0: Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to Industrial coatings Podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Jameis.
1: Here we are again with the Carveline Tech Service Podcast. Paul, with a live studio audience. With a live studio audience in 2020. Really, we do. Corona. No, it's okay. It's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Murdoch update, dude. So the other day I'm standing outside. I'm hanging out with, with Murdoch. He got out of the padded wall room. He was showing me his airplane. We were going through everything. How are we going to do this? We talked that Redfern really wouldn't be uh, a willing participant. He didn't, right. seem, he didn't seem to mind.
0: No, I'm, it, it wouldn't be the first person he had tied up, brought into the chopper with him.
1: Yeah. And so, but the weirdest thing happened. This black van with a red spoiler came out of nowhere. They grabbed him, and he was gone, and I haven't heard from him since. So so you know, we may have
0: lost our pilot at least in the short term?
1: I mean, if you've met this guy, you know, it's we're, yeah. we're, we're at his mercy. He seems totally willing, but, uh, you know, we'll have to just kind of do it on his timetable. But it seems like his friends are good at kidnapping people, so they, we might have to enlist them, too. Whenever you have a problem, they're there, and they can help you to solve it. So... And check out my hook while my DJ revolves it. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) So Paul and I are back in the same room again for a little bit, just because we are going to, over the next couple of weeks, bring you some episodes where we have uh, guests on. And logistically, this was easier. So I, I feel like I have an audience again, and I'm like trying to be funny.
0: Well, and let's make sure everybody's clear. We are practicing social distancing. We' yeah. are at opposite ends of two six-foot tables. Yeah, so we have 12 feet between us, but you know, the audience that you hear, you know, we're in the open tech service area now, so all of the tech service guys are here, and I just saw one of the chemists walk through the space, so we Yeah, truly, calm down, guys, yeah. it's
1: OK. We yeah. don't. It's fine. It's totally OK. You know us. We're not that big of a deal. That's right. All right. So anyway, let's get on to somebody who is a little bit bigger of a deal. If you guys have noticed, we've seen out in the industry, there are some changes coming to a major specification that deals with water tanks. So we thought, what better way to introduce you guys to our new market manager in the water and wastewater industry? And his name is Brian Cheshire. Hey, Brian, how's it going?
2: Hey, doing great, Jack. Appreciate you guys for having me on here. And I have to say it's Quite an honor being able to join the number one rated podcast in Carboline.
1: In Carboline, yeah, that's a key factor that you did right there.
2: I <laughs> don't want to lie, you know, you, you are number one, and you're number one in all of our hearts.
1: So, so Brian, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, you know, your experience in the industry, and uh, kind of what brought you to Carboline?
2: Yeah, sure. So, um, so I joined Carboline in April of this year as the market manager for water wastewater. Uh, while I'm new to Carboline, I'm a veteran in this industry. Having have spent the last 18 years with some other coating manufacturers in varying roles. So as far as industry involvement, I'm a NACE certified coating inspector and I'm a member of SSPC, the American Water Works Association, the Water Environment Federation, the National Rural Water Association, American Concrete Institute, and the International Concrete Repair Institute. So as you can see, I, I try to stay pretty active and informed.
1: Well, your uh, recertification time must be pretty expensive.
2: (laughs) Pretty costly. Yeah. Yeah. And and time consuming.
0: No wonder you had to leave sales and go into marketing. You didn't have time to go see customers with all those meetings and teams that you were on.
2: Oh, amen to that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Brian, it's important that we lay the groundwork for where we are going. Like it, it doesn't make any sense if we don't talk about where we have been. So. Let's take a minute and talk about the existing NSF-61 potable water standards.
2: Sure. So NSF International, which was originally founded as the National Sanitation Foundation, is a group that developed quite a few public health standards and certifications, and a lot of those being centered around protection of food, water, consumer products, and the environment. How does that apply to coating manufacturers? For our industry, the the standard that we test our potable water linings to is known as NSF-61. That standard lays out the guidelines and the health effects for what's known as drinking water system components, which can include tank, piping, valve. And within this standard, there's a table that lists varying substances and chemicals. uh, and, And with each of those has a corresponding maximum acceptable concentration or what some people refer to as extractables and the way these are rated uh, they're based on a surface area to volume ratio and so because of that the linings that go through this test are are rated for a minimum tank size and or minimum pipe diameter or or valve size and a good rule of thumb here in which this will pertain to our topic of the day coatings and linings that are formulated with lower levels of solvents uh, typically can be rated for smaller tanks.
1: Sure. Yeah. And everything that you do for potable water is heavily tested. One of the things that I think that the general public recognizes uh, there was a big movement within uh, like water bottles and and things like that to be BPA free recently. That is uh, kind of what we're talking about here.
2: Oh, that's right. And, um, And you've probably heard the buzzword or or the term NSF 600. So what this standard is, it was actually introduced back in 2018. The name of the standard, a very riveting title here, is Health Effects Evaluation and Criteria for Chemicals in Drinking Water. So the main intent of this new standard was really to create a single source document where the allowable concentrations of various chemicals um, that I mentioned earlier a place where those could be housed in a single source. Previously, this table was included in both the NSF-61 and the NSF-60 standards. So that's one main intent of it, but uh, one of the other things that came with this new standard was a significant change uh, with some of the allowable concentrations. Sure. So the the ones that are greatly affecting the coating industry are xylene, toluene, and ethylbenzene. And the allowable concentrations of those were lowered significantly. And I'm talking from an 80% to a 99% reduction is kind of the range there. But, but all of them are greater than 80% reduction. This is a big deal because a lot of the traditional solvent-based linings that have been used historically for lining potable water tanks are formulated with these solvents.
0: That's right. There's, so, there's xylene and ethyl benzene in a lot of paint formulations. It's a great diluent that helps to break down and make things more easy to apply, easier to spray, especially if you have to do any repairs or touch-ups. Those types of solvents are really advantageous, and the good part is that they do evaporate out. So with proper curing, proper ventilation, you end up not having any of that left in the coating. And because it's evaporated out, but this new standard has made it so that you can't even add it. And it doesn't matter that 99.9% of it's going to evaporate out. You can't add it except at these incredibly low levels.
1: And I think the key there is that you said, though, proper ventilation, proper application, because we have seen and there have been studies where, or not studies, cases where it is cost coating manufacturers significant amounts of money because the install didn't follow the proper NSF guidelines at the time so I feel like we're kind of getting the, the ruler slapped on our hands and we're just getting everything taken away.
0: It really does look that way because as, if you look back through the standards the way they've been up till now most of these come with a finite thickness range for the paint you know either not to exceed or a minimum but not you know a, a maximum range that you have to be in so they've always been pretty pretty specific in what you can apply. So to now go to that next step kind of can be looked at to say, yeah, you guys weren't doing a good job of governing yourself, so now we're going to take it.
1: So Brian, when do those changes take effect?
2: You know, because this is such a large change with these allowable concentrations, uh, NSF is giving coding manufacturers until January 1, 2023 to be manufacturer and you have a lining that, that meet NSF-61 first and then also falls under NSF-600, those products will be branded as being certified to both standards.
1: There are some things that can be done now. We know that the changes are coming in 2023. So if you're out there, you're, you're coating water tanks and you're using solvented epoxies, chances are, unless you're doing... Massively large water tanks. Those solvented epoxies will no longer be applicable after 2023. Am I am I going too far out on a limb there,
2: Brian? No, you're totally correct, Jack. And one common response that you're going to see moving forward with with the industry is that more coating manufacturers are going to start promoting in greater detail uh, 100% solid epoxies and 100% solids aromatic polyurethane or polyurethane hybrid linings, the way those products are formulated, which, you know, with minimum solvent content uh, will allow them to be recertified under this standard.
0: That's right. And I've already seen the list of ones that Carboline has resubmitted and either has been recertified or kind of gotten the tentative approval that said, yes, when that process goes through, that product is candidate for recertification.
1: Yeah. So we definitely, Uh, you know, you've, you've heard about some of the products from Carboline. I like to think that we have the best grouping of easy to apply 100% solids coatings for water tanks. But Brian, maybe you want to talk about that just a little
2: bit. Yeah, sure. So speaking of 100 solids epoxies, you know, as we mentioned a minute ago, you know, these will meet this new standard, but you honestly get a lot more benefits other than just that. As Paul mentioned earlier, you can get a a higher film build with these products. Oftentimes you can actually get a, a... faster return to service than a traditional two or three coat uh, epoxy system. You also get a uh, longer service life and ultimately lower life cycle costs, which which I know that, that goes back to a, a podcast episode you guys did not too terribly long ago talking about the co- cost of coatings.
1: So that's nice document. documents, the service life of coatings. Uh, we linked it previously, and I'll link it again here in this article, but it does clearly show that the when it comes to life cycle, the or life expectancy, the 100% solids coatings have a significantly longer expectation in potable water service. That's right. We even talked about that, not necessarily in that series, but we had a thick film versus thin film episode recently yep. too, where we gave you some of the advantages of thick film coatings. The the huge disadvantage when it comes to thick film coatings and 100% solids is, is the application. A lot of times you're in plural component spray. However, every once in a while, a product comes along that has got really good single-leg spray. Yeah, we have one. You should call Paul and his guys to talk to him if you want to learn a little bit more about that, because that, that application isn't going to be all that different than the solvent and epoxies. It's just going to require a
2: slightly bigger pump. That's right. One jacket. Another good benefit of, of looking at 100 solids epoxies and 100 solids aromatic polyurethanes is that These technologies have been out there for a little while now and they've got a good track record and quite frankly, have a lot of case histories out there.
1: That's true. And because when you get into a specialized applicator, they usually like going that direction, you know, that's how they give a value add to their customer because they're not just doing the same thing that everybody else is doing with these solvents and epoxies.
0: That's right. You know, our polyurethane, it's ready for immersion in four hours. That really helps, you know, when you're doing the original tank, two hours isn't a huge benefit, but if you have to go in and do repairs or do any touch-up spots or when you take out the scaffolding or weld back up the side where your, your manway was, that fast return to service is really important that you're not waiting another week after you're done before you can put water in that tank.
1: Yeah, that and, humble brag here for a second, but that, that uh, coating did just win a coatings pro award for a wastewater basin where we Coated an entire massive runoff basin for the Indianapolis Airport. That is uh, the Reactamine 760. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> Brian, is there anything else that you want to add about the uh, the shift in direction that this standard is going to force within the industry?
2: Well, so you're, you're going to see varying responses from from different manufacturers. Some may introduce new technologies, while others may decide to reformulate some of their existing coatings alignings uh, with different solvent packages in an effort to comply to this standard.
1: The big points here with the NSF 600 is that it is going to drastically change the way we have to specify coatings for these uh, water tanks because of these chemicals that have been identified and are going to be reduced by 80 or 90%. So if you want, give a quick summary, Brian, as to you know, where we are, where we're going.
2: So, here at Carbaline, you know, we've evaluated our current potable water listings product lineup for compliance to this new standard. And, and with that said, you know, please note that we're going to have a variety of products that will meet this standard prior to the deadline that I mentioned. And remember that that deadline is January 1, 2023. However, if you're thinking about this and would like to be proactive and start looking at different technologies now or even look at possibly updating your specification, definitely encourage you to reach out to Paul and his team, the Carballine Tech Service team, for for any guidance there.
1: Yeah, but you can get them at technicalserviceatcarbaline.com. That's right. We also have that chat function on our website. So that's Paul and his guys too. So all you have to do is go to carbaline.com if you don't want to remember that email. And you can use the Tech Service chat function during uh, business hours, central standard time. Brian, thank you very much for having you on the show. I think we're going to have to have you on again later as we get closer to the deadline. And then I'm sure there's some other things that you'll want to come and talk about, too. So thank you very much for coming on.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you guys for the forum today. All
1: right. right. Well, I'm Jack. That's Paul and Brian. We'll uh, see you next week.
0: And so for the Carbon Tech Service Podcast, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd We'd like like to to thank thank you you for your your support the last